the Spa Retailer Podcast is back. Summer is over, my kiddos have started first grade and daycare, and true to form, I'm currently multitasking, finishing up this episode while drafting my fantasy football team. I have been in this league for 12 years and have never won. You know who does win almost every other year? My mother. Anyway, one thing I love about my job is all the people I get to meet and talk to who I would never have crossed paths with otherwise. This time, it's Ryan Truex, who is a NASCAR racer. Guys, I feel like I have a pretty good, at least baseline knowledge of most popular North American sports, except NASCAR. Like right now, I'm questioning whether I should have called him a NASCAR racer like I did or say he races NASCAR. I don't know. Listening back to the interview, I only said like two solidly stupid things about racing, but I can also tell I was nervous by about my ignorance by how just fast I was talking. If you don't know, Ryan is a brand ambassador for Marquee, who, spoiler, also sponsors the Spa Retailer podcast. They have done a really good job of making this partnership fun and engaging, and I appreciated getting to talk to him. Enjoy. This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. This is going to be a real departure for us because on the podcast today is NASCAR racer, Ryan Truex. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on. He's a brand ambassador for Marquee. And since I know very little about NASCAR, I thought it'd be fun to talk to Ryan and see what we can learn about the synergy between racing and hot tubs. But before we get to that part of it, Ryan, I just want to learn a little bit about you, about how you got into racing and then about how you got connected with the, with the hot tub world. So what's a little bit of your background? I grew up kind of in a racing family. My dad did it kind of at the local level, him and his two brothers. So it was kind of just a, a family thing. You know, my brother followed in his footsteps and he was able to make it all the way to the, to the cup series level, to the very top of, of NASCAR. Okay. I think I was 12 or 13 when he made it to, to that level. Um, that's around when I started racing, started getting into it. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of been really my life ever since. Um, I'm 29 now. I've, I've been at the national, the NASCAR national level since I was 18. So about 11 years now. Yeah. I got linked up with Marquee 2018. So for me, I've always been a big fan of hot tubs mm-hmm. um, as long as I can remember. Yeah. Who, and, who isn't uh, a big fan of hot tubs? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure everybody watching this is. Kind of, we were thinking about, you know, what kind of brands do we want to align me with? You know, what fits me, uh, my personality, things I like to do. And really the top of my list was, was hot tubs. And, you know, we, we reached out to Marquee and, and they were, they were interested in the program and, you know, they liked kind of my personality and the way I approach things. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, you know, I like about Marquee is, is they really allow me to be myself, which in the, the brand partnership sponsorship world isn't always the case. You know, a lot of times you're, you kind of feel like you have to fit in a certain box or be a certain way, you know, and Marquis has really kind of embraced me as family, really allowed me to be myself, show my personality a lot and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And on top of that, I get to, to hang out in hot tubs and, and do cool stuff with that. So it's been a really cool partnership. 
And like I said, they're really like family to me after three to four years of working with them. Yeah. I mean, Marquis has always been great partners for us at the magazine and they've always been great to work with. And so, you know, I actually was at their last in-person dealer conference where you spoke. And so I saw the car, we came home with some die cast cars, the whole, the whole nine yards. And it was, it was really fun. And one of the things that I took away from that conference really was that I think they see their dealers and their partners as family. I mean, I felt like they treated us like family as just, you know, vendors. And when you spoke, you could tell that you really felt like you were a part of their team also. And so it was, it was a really great event. And that was definitely one of the things that I took away from, from being there. And I didn't get a chance to meet you, but I listened to you speak. Perfect. I hope I did a good job. (laughs) No, it was great. I remember, I remember walking away thinking that you seemed really genuine and, um, and like a good fit for Marquis. And so, and I will say from watching your partnership with them, it's one of the more fun partnerships that I've seen. I just feel like you guys are really creative. You have a lot of fun with it. And you, I feel like have put yourself out there a lot for them in some ways that I think is great. So if our audience who doesn't know, Ryan also hosts a podcast. So, but he gets to do it from a hot tub, which is way more fun than doing it over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to do any recording since the pandemic or is that kind of shut the hot tub uh, podcasting down? Yeah, at the at the start there in 2020, we had to hold off. You know, we had that idea for a while and kind of had to hold off on starting because right when we were about to start is when everything kind of got crazy. But yeah, we've been able to get back into it now that things have lightened up a little bit. I actually just moved. So we had to go through the process of moving my hot tub to a new location. Um, oh, that's really so that fun. Was, that was, yeah, very fun. A lot of logistics involved, uh-huh. um, but we did it. There was no problems. Yeah, we should be back to recording here soon. I mean, being able to sit in your hot tub as part of your job, you can't really beat that. And it's honestly, it's a really good way to get to know people because mm-hmm. people relax so much in there and, and really just, you don't really even realize the camera's on you. You just get sure. to talking and, and it's, it's really organic and, and really in depth. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, but you know, the partnership in general, you know, when you look at the NASCAR world over the past 20 years, you know, in the, in the boom of the, the early 2000s, it got very, very corporate. And I guess a vanilla is a good word for it. Just, you know, standard, everybody kind sure. of does the same thing. And this, you know, this partnership, I feel like is a, um, a big departure from that. As far as, you know, we just kind of do what we want. We have fun with it. We're super creative, you know, and the fans engage with that and they love it. So, you know, I think, you know, doing it that way has really, I think kind of, uh, you know, made us very popular in the NASCAR world for sure. Well, it's interesting because I think that people are finding that across digital marketing in general, right? Is that the more genuine and kind of organic and sort of vulnerable that you are, the more people respond to it because they don't, they don't want to interact with a brand. They want to interact with a person. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that's what makes it such a great, such a great thing is that um, they really get to see you. And I feel like in a way that also introduces them to Marquee and the type of company and products that they have too. I want to talk a little bit about being a hot tub salesman, but before we get to that, what, I mean, you talk about not being able to podcast during a pandemic. I mean, obviously I don't, you, were you racing during the pandemic because pretty much all sporting events got, got shut down there for a while. Yeah. So it was very interesting, you know, at the, at the very start in, I think March, I was actually on my way to Atlanta to the racetrack. I think this was like March 16th of 2020, something like that. Like literally just left the hotel on my way to the racetrack and they canceled the whole weekend. And that was the, that was really the start of everything. So then I drove home instead of racing and we were on hold, I think for 
I think it was two months, you know, in the meantime, they did some, some simulation. So it's called iRacing simulation. Um, yes. They did some, uh, they call it the pro invitational series and they broadcast on Fox, you know, all the drivers racing virtually, which was, was very different, but it was kind of a, a learn as they went thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the fans really enjoyed that, that it yeah. wasn't, it was professional, but there was definitely some hiccups and, and some funny moments and things like that, where it wasn't taken too seriously. Right. Um, but you know, people got to see their favorite drivers race and, you know, obviously all the partners and everyone, you know, kind of got that exposure they were looking for sure. in a, a unique way. And when we finally did get back to racing, it was definitely a lot different than it's been. You know, they, they basically got rid of practice and qualifying. So we would show up to the racetrack and um, we just get in the cars and trucks and race without any, any laps on the track. Wow. And it actually went off pretty well. Um, it wasn't it? much different than a normal weekend. So okay. honestly, so you... I think the pandemic kind of forced NASCAR to make some changes that I think they were nervous to make over mm -hmm. the past 10 or 15 years, just because what they've been doing has been working, but I think it's actually helped them and, and got them to be more brave about making big changes, trying new things. You know, and now we're, we're back to where we could practice and qualify and be okay with it. We have, I think, five or six this year where we get to do that. And the rest, we just show up and race. But I think we've learned through all of it that there's definitely a streamlined process that we could be doing. And um, I think it's, it's made the sport better in general, for sure. You know, it's so interesting. I think that, you know, to, to see all of the things that are going to be changed in our world going forward because of the pandemic. And, you know, as a, as a lay person, I wouldn't have thought about how it would have permanently changed NASCAR. I mean, I talk a lot about how it's changed the hot tub industry, but that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting too, because as someone who doesn't follow NASCAR closely, it's been really interesting seeing them in the news over the last year with just some of the stances they've taken on social justice issues and those kinds of things. And then also with the iRacing and how progressive they were during the pandemic with keeping their brand out there and keeping their name out there and, and keeping people entertained, I thought was, it was really great. And it wasn't something that I think I would have expected from NASCAR. And it's, I, you're probably right. It probably has propelled them forward and made some changes that they probably wouldn't have otyerwise. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, they've done a lot in the past year. And I feel, I feel like the popularity has really grown. You're seeing a lot of athletes and stars from other sports that are starting to get into it really because you know there's especially when we started there was nothing else going on we were the first the first um major sport to get back to to doing their thing right and i think you know that encouraged a lot of people to tune in and get into it and i've always said once somebody gets into it and gets hooked you know they love it forever it's just a matter of getting somebody to watch that first race or go to that first race mm -hmm. and nine times out of ten they're they're hooked for life that's interesting. So you're saying that there's, there's still hope for me. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> I know that the NBA did some kind of virtual things, but they were, you know, that was video games, basically just one player taking on another player with a, with a video game. It was this, was this, was the iRacing different? I mean, were you guys actually in, in simulators? So it felt a lot more like driving versus, you know, using a, a video game device. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, with the, with iRacing, you have to have a steering wheel and pedals. Okay. Um, so that right off the bat makes it more realistic for sure. Um, the big thing with iRacing, and they've been around since 2007, okay. I think is when they started. And really their whole thing from the get-go was pure simulation, more so than, than video game. So it's, it's super realistic. All the tracks that they build are laser scanned from real life. So oh, wow. it's always been a really good tool for drivers because the tracks are 100% spot on. You know, every 
every bump or crack in the pavement and like location of the walls, everything is completely identical to real life. Hmm. Um, and all the cars and trucks and vehicles that they have in the service are all scanned as well. So they go out and they, they scan the actual vehicle, every part piece, you know, and they really engineer it in the virtual world to be as identical as they can to the real thing. So it's definitely more, more time intensive for them to build sure. it, yeah. which is, is why it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's 15 years in the making, but it's for sure, without a doubt, the most realistic you can get outside of actually being in the race car or truck at the racetrack. Were most drivers already familiar with, with doing that? And did they use, I mean, did you use that as part of your, your training already? Yeah. I mean, you know, aside from practice and qualifying at the race weekend, we don't get any other time to go out and practice. So there used to be years ago where teams would go out and go test every week at a random track and they'd go bring 20 sets of tires and they just run laps and try to learn and uh, see what kind of data they could find and and what kind of speed they could find. Now that's all been taken away really as a, as a cost cutting measure, because you know, the, the spending was especially at the top cup level, the spending was getting really just out of control. You know, it was a way for them to, to kind of bring the top teams down a little bit and kind of even the playing field. So when you're not at the track for the race weekend, at least up until this year, you weren't practicing or anything. And that's been, that's been where I think iRacing has really come into play. Sure. Um, I don't know any driver that doesn't have Okay. A, a setup at their house somewhere. Really? Um, I've been part of the service since it started. So I've always been big into sim racing. And that's been one of my kind of passions in racing is, is sim racing. So I've always been around it. And yeah. I was definitely excited to see it get the uh, the national attention for sure. So this kind of played right into maybe some of your some of your strengths then. Yeah, yep, exactly. There were some guys, I think William Byron uh, was a big one. I think he won like half the races. Oh, really? Um, He's been doing it. So he's, I think he's 22 or 23 now. So he's been sim racing since he was like 10. And he was like one of the top guys on iRacing before he started real life racing. And it's crazy that that, you know, being that good at that actually helped him when he started real world racing. And I think that just shows how, you know, how realistic it is and how much it can cross over. I mean, without ever having done either of them, I mean, it seems like there would be a huge difference between doing it virtually versus in-person but it sounds, but it, yeah, so it sounds like, but there is some, some carryover there and it, it is, is enough like the real thing that you're able to learn some stuff from it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't ever replicate the, the G forces or the feeling of speed that you sure. get. Obviously that's just something that, that you have to experience in the real life. But as far as the way the, the cars drive and handle, you know, kind of the different characteristics of the track, that's something you can pick up on for sure. So what's it like now that people like you're kind of back in person and doing things live again? Honestly, it was, it was strange at first coming back. Yeah. You know, we came back and had no fans in the stands. It was just Mm -hmm. empty, super quiet. Like you get into the the truck to start the race and there's just silence, which was very strange. But then Mm -hmm. when fans did come back, that was weird too, because we'd gotten used to having no one there. And then there's a bunch of people again, but the atmosphere and the feeling you get with fans there, you just can't replicate that. And it's, Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain that feeling, you know, when there's a grandstand full of fans cheering and screaming as you're getting in the truck and the national anthem plays and the the planes fly over and everyone's cheering and screaming. It was really definitely nice to get back to that. And and really, it really felt like, you know, we were kind of getting back to normal life at least a little bit. Yeah. I kind of feel like the next time I'm in an arena and they play the national anthem, I'll probably cry just because it's like, we're finally back. I I kind of get teared up anytime they do it because I'm a big sucker, but 
uh, yeah, this that that will be a that will be a moment for sure. Definitely. Marquis Vector 21 hot tubs feature Vector Optimized Laminar Therapy, VOLT, which delivers up to 40% more flow volume, specifically engineered to achieve laminar flow. Variable Velocity Valves, V3, throttle 0 to 100% of the available water flow between multiple seats or to only one seat. Conal jet pods are softer on the skin surface. Directional jet pods offer more targeted sensation to the muscle mass. Orbital jet pods rotate dynamically to create a kneading sensation. Specialized massage seat configurations include deep tissue, relaxation, shiatsu, or Swedish massage. The Whitewater 4Jet is a high-flow therapy innovation located in the footwell to enhance the benefits of leg and foot massage. Visit MarquisBoz.com for more information. So... We do need to talk about this hot tub sales guy because if our audience, we're definitely going to have to link to some of the things that you guys have been doing because you've put together some pretty stellar commercials for Marquee selling the benefits of, of hot tubbing and they're really fun and I really en- have enjoyed them. So who kind of came up with the idea to that? And I mean, were you just, were you just game or is this something that you envisioned in your head? I mean, cause it would take, you know, the right brand and the right person to be able to make something like that work, right? Yeah, I don't remember how how we came up with it. I I know I took a picture with all the the gear on just as a as a joke on Instagram. Yeah, which and is then, like uh, you've got kind of a a retro sort of jacket, race yeah. jacket and some short shorts and Very uh, short. Yeah, I think is there there's a wig involved maybe. <laughs> yeah, there's all yeah, there's all I got a, a headband and I guess yes, the headband, on my wrist right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> So originally we did it. I think we did it because we had that jacket, the the track jacket that we had okay. made that we were going to start. We were going to put on the the marquee, the marquee racing shop. And I was just going to take a funny picture with it because it's really 80s. It's got an 80s feel to it. Absolutely. Um, so I tried to kind of look the part. And then my management team and marquee came up with the idea of we should make this a character and make it kind of like a used car salesman type of character, but with a retro vibe. Sure. And I was all for it. And I'm not the most outgoing person. And, you know, I'm definitely not a loud person. And uh, that's all that that character is. So the first day of of shooting that, it was a full day, like seven to six. And that was the most exhausted I've ever been having to be that energetic and all the movement and yelling at the camera. Yeah. Um, We did, we did probably a hundred takes of everything because Every time they're like, we need more energy, more yelling. And I'm just like, I can't do this. This is, this is so hard. I don't know how people can be like this. Right. You would never know it from the end product because you look like you're, you're all, all in and full on the whole time. So it turned out, it turned out great, but I can relate for people who are tend to be more introverted. Like I am also that way. When you have to put yourself out like that, it is exhausting. It is like the most emotionally exhausting thing that you can do. And so like going to trade shows and stuff like that in the industry, it's fun. But by the end of the day, I am shot. I am in bed by like eight o'clock and dragging the next day. (laughs) Exactly. But it, it was fun to do. And yeah, the feedback was great. And, you know, Marquis loved it. And that's just a, that's a prime example of them being fun and creative and trying new things. You know, we didn't know if it was going to, if it was going to work or not, if it was going to mm-hmm. be funny or if it's going to be, you know, kind of corny or whatever. And it, it ended up, you know, the fans loved it. And, and now it's kind of snowballed into a, a character that I think I'm going to have to get used to doing. <laughs> I'm sorry for that for you. 
<laughs> but no, it did turn out great. And it is really fun. And it's interesting because I feel like it hits a totally different audience and demographic than what we're used to dealing with in the hot tub industry. You know, a lot of our branding and, and stuff as an industry is, you know, has been traditionally focused on, you know, kind of the baby boomer and wellness and you know, it hasn't really had that kind of tongue in cheek, fun vibe that you see from that. And it just seems to bring in a whole kind of different, a different tone that is refreshing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad we can do that. And I will say I've had a lot of, a lot of people in the industry asking me about getting hot tubs and deals on hot tubs. I mean, if I had, if I had a dollar for every person that's asked if I can get them a deal on a hot tub or Uh if I can Uh find them one. I'd be pretty rich. Yeah. Well, that's the thing right now is finding, finding anybody a hot tub. Um, I think that (laughs) even if you are, I mean, I've heard people who work for their company and they can't get a hot tub. So (laughs) that's another crazy thing is what, you know, when the pandemic hit, what people's buying habits did and where people spend their money. I could see it even in my own neighborhood. You know, everybody just worked on their own houses and everybody wanted a hot tub. Everybody wanted a pool. Everybody wanted to basically make their house a you know, a place to actually enjoy and, and do things like that. So it was definitely, yeah. you know, the pandemic definitely changed a lot in a lot of different industries. And there's a, there's a whole bigger focus, I think, on wellness and mental health now too, because we kind of realized it was just a very stressful time for most of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like as an athlete though, that's something that you're already probably really in tune with is, is your body and kind of what it needs. And so I'm curious, what does that look like on a regular basis for you as far as training and recovery and how you use your hot tub to help you do all of those things? Because that's something that the rest of us are starting to realize that we need now too. Yeah, I'm 29 and I feel like I'm, I'm getting pretty old here. I'm almost at 30. So I got to really take care of my body. Um, I mean, in this, in this industry, if you say that you're old at 29, they'll laugh you out of the building. I think I actually might've said that at the dealer conference and I got a few laughs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the big thing, you know, from the outside looking in, it's hard to really understand kind of what a a race car driver's body goes through. Mm. I think a lot of people see it as, well, you just get in a car and turn left. I do that every day. I drive every day in my life, but the, the stress your body goes through. The first thing people don't realize, I don't know if you can hear my dog. She's whining a little bit. Oh, no, it's fine. She doesn't like when I talk about racing. (laughs) She Um, wants you home with her. (laughs) One of the biggest things that we go through that I I don't think people really quite realize is heat. Our cars and trucks, they're on a cold day. They're above 100 degrees inside. You don't have you don't have air conditioning in there. We have so we have a we have a a little air cooler that goes to our helmet. Okay. We, we call it cold air, but it's just outside air. So your body temperature is so much higher and your heart rate from the time that race starts, things are happening so quick. Your heart rate is elevated the whole time. I think I've, I've looked at races where my average was like 160 over, over three hours. Um, That's crazy for, I mean, like you said, people think that you're just sitting in a car for your heart rate to be that high. I mean, you gotta be on a pretty brisk, brisk walk (laughs) to get it up, up like that or run even. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so when your heart rate's that high. And I think it's that high for more than one reason. Obviously, there's a lot of heat. You know, I think an average is probably 125, 130 inside the, the vehicle. No. So it's super hot and your heart rate's elevated because I think of the heat and because things are happening so quick. And you can go back and look through your, if you wear like a fitness tracker, you can look through and you can see spikes where certain things have happened. So everybody's felt it driving down the road when somebody pulls out in front of you or does something crazy and you feel like you almost crash Mm -hmm. and you feel that jolt of adrenaline kind of go through your body. You know, that happens 30 times a race. 
I was going to say, that's got to be a, a pretty regular, regular thing yeah, on the track. Every time that happens, your heart rate spikes. So at the end of the race, if you go back and look at your tracker, if it's a three hour race, you'll burn almost 3000 calories, sometimes more depending on heat. And throughout all that, your body is going through so many G forces that are really, it's really rough on your shoulders, really, really rough on your back. Mm-hmm. A lot of, oh, you can see my dog walking by in the background. <laughs> a lot of drivers deal with back problems because okay. of the, the G forces just repetitive every lap you know you go off in the corner and you're just vertically pushed down into the track and your spine wants to compress every time mm-hmm. then you leave the corner and it wants to pull back up you know doing that 400 times a race you know at least mm-hmm. um, is really rough on your body and when you get out the biggest thing for me when I get out is just all of my muscles are so tense I think just because my body's trying to keep me straight you know my head's trying to keep my neck straight And my back and shoulder muscles are trying to keep me, you know, propped up in the car. Yeah. It's hard to stand up after a race just because I feel like my back is so tight and my neck is so tight. So being able to get in the hot tub after a race weekend, after the long flight home, which that's terrible after driving a car all day, um, definitely doesn't help at all. No. Being able to get home and jump in the hot tub. That's been huge for me, honestly. And anything you can do to soothe that pain and recover faster Mm -hmm. is going to make you better the next weekend. Because it's all about, you know, being able to handle that stress of being at that high heart rate. And if you have to worry about an ache or a pain while you're out there making split second decisions, you're going to be worse off for it. So anything you can do to recover and be, you know, as fresh as you can really in five days, four or five days, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a benefit. And I feel like the hot tub for me has been definitely a huge help for that. Had you used a hot tub very much before your partnership with Marquis? I know you said you'd always been a fan of hot tubs, but did you grow up having one in your, in your yard? Yeah. My parents had one when I was growing up, but yeah, when I moved out and moved down to to North Carolina to start racing, I did not have one up until, up until my partnership with Marquis. And it was something I always wanted, just never really had the means to to make it happen. Yeah. It was definitely a, a welcome improvement for my health for sure. Absolutely. And well, and they, they gave you a beautiful one too. Their vector series is lovely. looks great in your backyard and it seems like it's been doing the trick for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. And like I said, everybody that comes over wants one and everyone that does the podcast with me afterwards, <laughs> they, ask how they can get one. And really when I, when I originally got it, I was surprised at how big it was Yeah, and it's, it's super roomy and comfortable and you can fit, you know, I can fit a bunch of people in there and, and hang out no problem. And you know, with that many seats and with a lounger and everything, there's so many options for me. I feel like every time I go in there, I rotate through all of them like four times because I can't pick one that I like the most because they're all they're all so good and so different. And, right. uh, you know, they all they all do something different and they all do it very well. I think anyone who thinks about just sitting in a desk chair all day and how hard it is to like get up and move after that, <laughs> especially like you said, as you get older and as you age can understand how getting out of a race car after, I mean, how long does an average race last? It all depends. Um, The truck series races are shorter. So probably two to two and a half hours. Yeah. That's still kind of intense though. (laughs) So two and a half hours in the same position with the G forces and over a hundred degree temperature. I I can imagine that a hot tub would feel pretty good after that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Very refreshing. And then there's, of course, the, you know, you talk about the adrenaline as things happen and crazy things go on, but then uh, there are times where there are accidents and things that happen where I imagine you do need some injury recovery also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's where it definitely can come into play too. You know, Mm -hmm. when you, when you reckon these things, it hurts, 
it definitely hurts. And I've already had some, you know, I have a, a collarbone injury that actually wasn't from racing and a wrist injury that definitely bother me when I'm in a wreck. Mm. And other thing, I mean, your, your neck always takes a beating, your shoulders, like I said, even your legs, depending on how you wreck, which part of the, the truck or car you hit, you really get thrown around in there big time. Mm -hmm. And uh, recovery when, when that happens is definitely crucial and important uh, before you go back out and do it again, you know, in a, a week's time. Why you like your, your marquee hot tub that, um, what are some of the things that you like to tout when people are asking you about it? A lot of people, when they come and look at it and, you know, maybe they talk about past hot tub experiences or ones they've had or issues they've had, mm -hmm. you know, the biggest thing I tell them and run them through is the quality of it. And I've seen firsthand, I've been through the factory. I've seen how they're built. Yeah. I've seen all the process and technology and research and everything that's done. And especially my, my racing friends, I feel like they really appreciate it because, you know, they're people that work in racing and they're into engineering or technology sure. or whatever it is, you know, yeah. they're really in tune with that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is the quality. And you can, you can look at it and tell how high quality it is and, and the parts and pieces and really just the, the pride that the people that build them take in what they're building. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a, a factory line with people working, you know, to, to make a paycheck. I feel like people right. at Marquee really care what they're building yeah. and, you know, they're really passionate about what they do. Yeah. That's a really important value for a brand to have. Yeah. And I feel like Marquee has it from top to bottom. You know, from the, the highest person on the totem pole all the way to the, you know, people working in the factory, top to bottom, everybody takes a lot of pride in their product. And uh, that's a really important thing for me. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the the technology and the engineering, but then there's also that sort of handcrafted quality too, yeah. where I think if you haven't been in a hot tub factory before, and then you go in there and you see how many people actually touch that hot tub to make it what it is and how that process goes through. It's not just like you said, going through an assembly line, like there are people at every part and point, you know, making sure that it's done correctly. And it's a pretty interesting process to watch. It really is. And, you know, when I first partnered with them and obviously, like I said, I was a big fan of hot tubs, but I wasn't, I didn't know that much about what went into them. Nobody and does. <laughs> I think even for me, I was like, you know, when I went to the factory and saw, I was blown away by really how many hands touch it and how much craftsmanship goes into it Yeah, because the final product is so, you know, so high quality and so nice that you, you really, it's hard to believe that it was, you know, that that many people had their hands on it and how much, you know, talent goes into to building one of those and making them look as good as they do. It's pretty impressive. I love, I love going to factories and I love seeing how things are made and watching a hot tub get built is, is fascinating. And, and there is definitely some, like you said, some skill and some craftsmanship that goes into doing some of the things that they do. It's impressive. Yeah, very much so. So, you know, you talk about what the hot tub does for your body and, and helps your recovery after a race. And one of the things that I love about Marquee is sort of how they help spread that message to you know, it's, it helps someone like you, who's an athlete, you know, and then it helps someone like me who just is a normal person, <laughs> but then how Marquis has really done a lot of work to help people with some real medical needs, find hot tubs and experience that wellness and the benefits of them. I, I know that I, I think, did they put all of their Make-A-Wish names on your truck at one point? Yeah. So at Richmond this year, yeah, we had Make-A-Wish on the truck and we had all 900 names on the bed of the truck. And we had the the very first wish and the latest wish, you know, kind of highlighted on the on the mm -hmm. door tops. So that was really cool to do. And you know, we had some Make-A-Wish people out at the track that got to 
enjoy it. And the race didn't go to plan, but it was definitely cool to have, have all 900 names on there. And, you know, for, I think for them to see that was really special. And it is great to be partnered with a company that, you know, is willing to do things like that and, and grant that many wishes, you know, and, and, and help people in need and, you know, those less fortunate, definitely a, a great quality and, and really proud to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. Cause you guys have a, a family foundation where you kind of do some similar things as far as helping people out and raise support and funds for, for different medical issues, right? Yeah. So my brother's foundation of uh, MTJ foundation, yeah, they, they raise, they raise money for, for cancer initiatives, drive awareness, you know, things like that. They help children with, with cancer and actually have coming up, I think it's September 15th. It's called the catwalk for a cause. So they have a, basically a fashion show for all the, all the kids going through treatment okay. where they get to walk out and, and be the stars of the show. So that's a really cool thing they do. They raise a lot of money and uh, help a lot of people. And I believe you can buy tickets. Yeah. Catwalk for a cause.org. Okay. Um, it's in Statesville, North Carolina, September 15th. So All right, fantastic. really cool thing that, that yeah. anybody can come to if they buy tickets. And uh, like I said, it's for a really good cause and help people out that are less fortunate and, and kids that are going through a lot tougher times and, than they should be. Right. So Ryan, before we finish up here, thank you so much for being on. I just feel like I should, I should share some of your stats. Uh, so Ryan has, so, okay, here's, so here I'm already messing up with my NASCAR stuff. <laughs> So there are three NASCAR series. Yes. All yeah, right. Three so, national okay. level series. Okay. Got it. <laughs> and so you have 15 top five finishes, 44 top 10 finishes, and you have led 200 laps. What does three poles mean? That means I qualified first. The pole is when you qualify got it. first. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And has completed 169 races. Oh yeah. And then over almost 30,000 laps completed. I mean, that's, that a sounds, that, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. You definitely would need a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, tell everybody where they can listen to your podcast. If you guys want to hear someone podcast from a hot tub, which I think you do, it's pretty fun. Where can they find that? So it's on, it's on YouTube. I don't know my actual YouTube name, but if you just search it on YouTube, you'll find it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, we've got it on uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts. And, you know, obviously follow me on social at Ryan underscore Truex on everything. And you know, I'm always posting clips and highlights and pictures from my hot tub. Good stuff like that. Pictures of me in my fire suit in my hot tub, which is, <laughs> I will not recommend that. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds like you're possible. sort of doubling up on the, on the heat factor there. Yeah, they're already heavy as it is. They're already like three layers of of uh, like fireproof material, and when they're in water, it's very uh, very uncomfortable. But it made for some good pictures. But you can also follow, or you can go to uh, marquispaz.com/truex, and that gives you more info on our partnership. I think you can find links to all the stuff we've done there, videos, podcasts, things like that, and just general info about you know what we've we've done over the past three years. Yeah, for sure. And if you have not checked out, um, you know, the hot tub sales guy, I highly recommend it. And um, that too, I, yeah. yeah. I think people in the industry will really get a, get a kick out of it. It's a lot of fun. I feel and, like next time we have a dealer conference, I'm going to, they're going to make me show up like that and oh, be probably, in character the whole probably. time. I mean, I, I would hope so. That's, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be really, really fun for you. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but this was fun. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and putting up with my, um, my NASCAR, uh, lack of knowledge. This was great. I'm so glad that you you have found a place in the hot tub industry. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Glad we could talk about it. And uh, 
I guess you'll be seeing more of me soon. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Enjoy the rest of your, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa Thanks for listening.